playing tonight, game one of the finals. Obviously, the Warriors are back. So they took a couple years off. They dealt with injuries, Steph Curry injuries, Draymond Green injuries. Klay Thompson was out for two years straight. They have no Kevin Durant. He left, and yet they are back in the finals again. It's pretty exciting if you ask me. When they signed Kevin Durant, it was like, oh, I'm sick of the Warriors, yada, yada, yada. But now that Kevin Durant is gone, they're back to their old selves, and they're kind of they're older now, and yet they're still in the finals. This makes it pretty cool and just a continuation of their dynasty that they had in the mid-2010s. As for the Celtics, they're young. They're impressive. They had some luck on their side. The Bucs had no Chris Middleton. Right. The Heat dealt with a ton of injuries throughout the Eastern Conference finals. So they had some luck to get where they needed to be. If Chris Middleton was healthy, they probably don't make it seven games. They're probably lost. If a bunch of the Heat were unhealthy and Kyle Lowry is ineffective, they probably don't make it where they made it. But they're in the finals. Nobody's going to remember later on, 10 years down the line, who wasn't playing against them. They're only going to remember that the Celtics were there. And so we've got some interesting sales leading up to the finals here. One Steph Curry card, and these are all May sales. You would have found this on Instagram. Steph Curry, 2019 Absolute Materials uh, rookie logo man auto here, $492,000 from 2009 PSA Authentic. That sold in May. Uh, Jason Tatum, 2017 National Treasures NTRPA out of 99. PSA 10, DNA 10, sold for 193000 A Jordan Poole NTRPA with an absolutely sick patch out of 10, sold for 13500 Clay Thompson, 2012 Prism Silver BGS 10 Black Label, sold for 10800 And the Jalen Brown, very cool card if you ask me. I really like it. NTRPA out of 99, BGS 9.5, sold for $7,200. If I'm looking at these sales and I'm saying to myself, is there a weird thing here? This would be it. Jalen Brown, 25 years old, BGS 9.5, true NTRPA out of 99, selling for 7,200, whereas the non-graded Jordan Poole NTRPA out of 10, the non-true RPA, sells for $13,500, more. And this would not get a BGS 9.5. You can't see it on here, but there is some edge damage down here uh, uh, under the number there. And so for me, you're looking at these two sales and you're saying, is does there really deserve to be a $6,000 difference? One's BGS 9.5, graded already in a true RPA. One is out of 10, but ungraded, not going to get a 9.5, might not even get a 9, might be an 8 something. So then you have to go to stats and you have to say to yourself, well, where do we got here? And if you look at just this year's stats, Jordan Poole averaging 18 and a half points, four assists, uh, three and a half rebounds. We could keep going 36% from three, yada, 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 44, 45% from the field. Good numbers. But then you go to Jalen Brown. And if you look at the exact same numbers, averaging 23 and a half points, averaging six rebounds. So more points, more rebounds, three and a half assists, just slightly fewer assists on the year shooting around the same three point percentage, uh, 36% almost and shooting 47% from the field. Basically the same numbers shooting wise, but he had more points per game and more rebounds per game while only averaging like half of an assist less per game. Well, let's go to the playoffs and Jordan Poole is averaging 18.4 points a game, four and a half assists while shooting 39% from three and 53% from field goal. 
Jalen Brown, on the other hand, 23 points a game. That's up. Almost seven rebounds a game. That's up from Jordan Poole. Three and a half assists. That's assist lower. But he's also shooting 38% from three, which is just slightly lower. 38.5% and 48% from field goal, which is slightly high. Or no, that's lower than that's still lower than Jordan Jordan Poole. So if you look at those numbers, if you look at the overall numbers, you're saying to yourself, yo, Jalen Brown is better. I should be investing in him. How is there a $6,000 difference? Well, 25 to 22, if you go back to Jalen Brown's 20, age 22 season, all of his stats are worse than Jordan Poole's stats. So people are obviously buying into the hype. I wonder what you guys would do. I know what I'd do. I'd probably buy Jalen Brown a little bit more sure. He's not the third fiddle on his team. Celtics are young up and coming and they could be there for years once Steph Curry Draymond Green and Klay Thompson age out does Jordan Poole have enough around him or by himself to be the lead man to lead a franchise forward into more championships I don't know and therefore I would be investing in the more surefire second fiddle guy in Jalen Brown instead of the third fiddle or fourth fiddle depending on how you view the Warriors so for me yeah, I'm taking the $7,200 Jalen Brown. I'm taking $6,000 and putting it into a different Jordan Poole if I still want him and calling it a day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another F1 segment here at 5 5. I'm Slapsacks Julian, and we're going to be running through a little bit of what happened this past weekend for the Monaco Grand Prix and some F1 news in general. So the Monaco Grand Prix concluded this past weekend with Sergio Perez having a very solid drive and coming out on top, coming away with the 25 points. Uh, Carlos Sainz finished second, and Max Verstappen finished third. Right behind them, um, not finishing the top three, was Charles Leclerc, who had a solid drive, but um, had some problems with the Ferrari team strategy, which uh, made him struggle a bit, and he wasn't able to finish in the top three. But considering his past races in Monaco, 12 points is not something to complain about. I know he wasn't uh, the most happy about it, but uh, it's definitely a, a good showing for both Ferrari and Red Bull. We're also taking a look at some of the tweets from Formula Racers on Twitter, which is a great source of news for F1. Uh, looking at the laps led so far in 2022, Charles Leclerc has led the way with 194, Max Verstappen second at 142, and then Sergio Perez is slowly catching up with uh, 69, definitely with the help of Monaco. Uh, and then there's a big gap from there. So the top three have really distanced themselves, and that's also indicative of the 2022 standings. Funny enough, Max Verstappen's first with 125 points, even though he hasn't led the majority of the uh, laps in 2022. Charles Leclerc is still in second, 116, and Sergio Perez is catching up as well with the 2022 standings with that 25 points coming away from Monaco. has helped a lot. And then there's another tweet just uh, showing McLaren's struggles again this uh, from this season. Uh, through seven rounds last season, they had 110 points. And they only have 59 so far, so it's actually about half as many points, which is definitely uh, disappointing for their team. I know their CEO, Zach Brown, especially from Daniel Ricciardo's perspective, who has not looked comfortable at all this year in his McLaren, um, struggling quite a bit. Lando Norris has been driving very solid, and I know Zach Brown and the rest of the team is looking a lot more for Daniel Ricciardo. And it makes you think about if there might be a, a shakeup with the team and if Daniel Ricciardo will be on the team next year if he keeps uh, performing at this low level. Big news for Sergio Perez, not only did he win the Monaco Grand Prix, he got a big contract extension from Red Bull to stay until 2024. I mean, this move makes total sense for both parties. Um, Sergio Perez has performed quite well with Red Bull last season, and the seven races so far this season makes no sense to shake it up. Max Verstappen won the World Championship last year. Um, 
I know Sergio Perez probably wouldn't want to be second fiddle in every race to Max Verstappen and having to let him buy in certain races, but um, it, it's a good match, and I'm sur- sure Sergio Perez has been happy so far. Um, hopefully, maybe down the road, they'll be able to uh, duel it out for the World Championship. While I highly doubt it, um, just uh, good news on that side for Sergio Perez. Here's a post from the Slapstocks Instagram about a big card that sold on May 29th, so just a few days ago. Um, his uh, Sergio Perez's 2020 Tops Chrome Red Refractor Auto out of five sold for $5,000. Um, and we just compared that to a sale of 425 that happened last year on May 5th. And it's an increase of 1,076, which just shows um, the boost his card market has had since joining Red Bull. And people are, are noticing how, how well he's driving. While he might not be on Max Verstappen's level and winning every race, um, I think he's shown that he's a very solid driver and that he should not be overlooked. Uh, we're going to take a look at the bottom three uh, drivers of Monaco, all of which did not finish. So Alex Albon with Williams. Uh, while Nicholas Latifi also did not give points, he at least finished the race. Alex Albon was forced to retire with some with some uh, mechanical problems. And then both Haas drivers uh, did not finish, uh, Mick Schumacher and Kevin Magnussen. Um, Mick Schumacher in particular is concerning, considering um, how he's done this season. He um, had another big crash uh, running into the barriers after losing the the back of his the rear of his car. Um, this is a second big crash. Now this is the total of uh, repairs is probably going to be around two million, with each one being around a million dollars, which is not cheap. You can't be um, making big mistakes like that, especially if it's not your rookie season. Um, Gunther, I know, didn't the team principal did an interview afterwards, um, expressing how um, disappointed he was and. Uh, given it, it makes sense be considering he hasn't gotten any points um, and they're going to take a look at how to move forward. I highly doubt Mick Schumacher will be dropped because of um, this crash. Although he, the pressure is on, he needs to start performing, especially if he wants to keep his seat next year. And who knows, Haas may start looking at other options for next year and quite possibly this year, if he keeps uh, performing at a low level. And here is just a card from Card ladder, his track tags, PSA 10 from 2020 Tops Chrome. Uh, this graph is reflective of many of his cards right now. Um, being up three months ago and just downhill from there. This card was at 255 three months ago and then most recently sold for $100, which is a decrease in around 61%. Uh, we're going to finish off the segment today with a look at uh, Azerbaijan uh, in two weekends. It's not this weekend. It's June 10th to the 12th. Should be another great race. The season has been super exciting so far, um, and we're we're looking forward to it. So thanks for tuning in to another segment here at Five at Five for F One. What's up, everyone? Nate here with your baseball Five at Five, and today we are talking about Tops Series Two. So they just released the checklist, and there was a lot of excitement around it. You were expecting a bunch of big names. Well, here are your big name rookies. Get excited. Wander Franco again. Joe Ryan, Shane Baz, and O'Neill Cruz, who has actually yet to play in the MLB this year. That's your big name rookies. That is your big name rookies. Two pitchers, a second rookie for Wander Franco and O'Neill Cruz, who has yet to play in the majors this year. Who else do we have missing? Well, what about Julio Rodriguez? Now, we do have a 1987 insert auto of his, but we don't have a base rookie. Bobby Witt Jr., 
We also have a 1987 insert auto of his, but no base rookie. And you also have three guys, Spencer Torkelson, Jeremy Pena, and Seiya Suzuki, big rookies, all out there at the start of the year, all missing from this checklist. Um, a little bit of an issue on my end. And lastly, you have Juan Yepes, who is in the checklist. He is in the checklist. He is there. You have at least that. But the problem is, is that he didn't start his MLB career until 2022 in May. And these other guys started in April. And somehow Juan Yepes made it into Bowman as a rookie and made it into Top Series 2 as a rookie. But guys that started their major league careers before him, Adley Rushman, Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Wood Jr., Jeremy Pena, you get the point. They are not in top series two. Now, I don't know what the issue is here. Maybe it was printing, whatever. I don't understand how you can get Juan Yepes into the product, but not these other guys. But that's neither here nor there. At least they did get Juan in there, as he has been a very interesting bat this year for the Cardinals. Not 100% sure what to make of it. There is a silver lining, though. One, while you won't be spending money on Top Series 2 because nobody in their right mind would probably go after a second rookie of Wander Franco that's not a rookie debut, and O'Neill Cruz has not been killing AAA, so he's not like a chase card to get, Topps Chrome could still have these big-name rookies, these big Julio Rodriguez's and Bobby Witt Jr.'s, and if not that, at least it's gearing up for Topps Update to be amazing. And so if you are looking to spend money, instead of spreading out your money between Series 1 and Series 2 and Topps Update to get all the rookies throughout a year, you can now just focus on Topps Update, get all the big-name rookies, because there's no reason for Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt Jr. and those guys to not be in there. Will they push some guys back to the next year? Sure. I expect Riley Green to be in Top Series 1, along with a couple other rookies, maybe one of the big-name rookies. But for the most part, I expect all of the Riley Greens and the Jeremy Pena's and those types of guys to be in series or in tops update this year. So that is a silver lining. There will be a, a quantity of quality rookies in one set that you can go spend your money on instead of buying all three. But for series two, this is not looking good. I don't expect these cards to sell uh, either on the singles market or as hobby boxes. Going to be kind of a bloodbath out there, if you ask me. What is up, everybody? It's Zach from at Premier Soccer Investing, bringing you the Slap Sox FC 5 at 5 take of the week. Let's get into it. So, obviously, Real Madrid won the Champions League behind a goal from Vinicius Jr., who, along with Kareem Benzema, had carried them through that competition the whole season and as well as carrying them to their La Liga title win. So, how did this affect Vinny Jr.'s market? We're going to take the look of his last two weeks with his 2018 Donruss Base rated rookie PSA 10. And this is a card that's, you know, it's gone down a little bit. It's in the, you have around the 10 days before the final, it was doing around $80. And then in the couple days after the final, it's been doing back around $80. But it peaked right before the final at around $120, $119. And then since the final happened, even with uh, Venetia scoring the winner winning goal, uh, his market went down. And th that's what's tended to happen with these things, especially across the other sports, is the player the player right before like the big championship game or the final, that's when his market's at his peak. And then it'll immediately decline right after as everyone rushes to sell and it floods the market. And I believe that's what's happened there. 
But still, I think the long-term outlook on Vinny Jr. remains very good. He's going to have another strong season next year for Real Madrid. He's got the World Cup, too, with Brazil, which they have a very good shot at winning. So long-term, I think the outlook is very good for Vinny Jr. moving forward. And then let's go on to one of the men he beat in that final, in Saudi Omane, who wants to leave Liverpool. And the team that are most likely to land his signature at this date are Bayern Munich. And what has that done to Mane's market? So Mane, in the last six months, he's had a very good season, especially since he's gotten back from uh, the African Cup of Nations uh, at the start of 2022. And the market's reflected that with his cards up almost 57%, $20 from $36 to $56. And we're looking at his 2018 Prism World Cup Silver PSA 10. Though it's gone down a little bit in the last two months or so, performances have dipped. Now, a transfer to Bayern Munich, I think, will end up hurting his car value. I, I think Bayern Munich is a little bit off of the European elite at the moment, and I don't think they're going to be a huge threat to win the Champions League next season. And then what they do in their domestic league really has does not bear much on the card market as they they have such dominance in the Bundesliga. So I think this move, in, if it happens, should Monty leave Liverpool and move to Bayern Munich, I think it'll hurt his prices. So I, I expect a further uh, decline over the next couple months of what we've seen in the last two, but we shall see. And then the man Monet could, in theory, be kind of replacing as Robert Lewandowski really wants to leave Bayern Munich. He has a personal terms agreed with Barcelona, who we'll see if they're going to be able to have the money to sign him because Bayern supposedly will be holding out for a large transfer fee because they'd rather just have Lewandowski play one more year and lose him as on a free than let him go for a cup price deal right now. But Lewandowski really wants out. and. When we're looking at his market, particularly his 2018 Prism World Cup Silver PSA 10, this market is down over the last year. It's down 67%, $150. And that $225 price point we see in June was during the Euros when he was having a good vein of form with Poland. And then Bayern did not have the best of years in the Champions League and so forth. So his car prices have dropped, even though. He continued to bang in the goals. However, there is hope for his outlook moving forwards as should he get that move to Barcelona, I think it'll help his value. It's a more visible team, a more important team in the card market than Bayern is. And then also Poland is in the World Cup, and we know what Lewandowski does for Poland. He just scores goals, and if he's able to have some big performances and get him into the knockout stages of that World Cup, that's going to help his market. And it's very, very possible with the goal-scoring threat that that man carries. And then lastly, another player on the move, Pogba. Paul Pogba, his uh, his contract is up at Manchester United, and he's leaving, and he's, it seems like the main teams in contention for him right now are Manchester City, and then Juventus are really pushing for his return, in part to replace Paulo Dybala. And... If we look at his market, particularly his 2014 Prism World Cup PSA 10, it's way down from at its peak. Granted, there are a lot of these cards that have been graded over the past year. So you can see the pop report, 427 tens, 883 nines. But his Prism World Cup PSA 10 peaked at $170 and is now doing $30. But uh, another player for who there is hope for as Pogba's played his best games in a French shirt, and they are one of the favorites to win the World Cup. And if he they can do that, win the World Cup, and Pogba plays – Big for them, we're going to see his prices rise. 
We're back looking at the PWCC weekly auction. This is number 20 already here, and we are looking at two cards ending on Sunday night. Two football cards. One is currently a quarterback, Russell Wilson, National Treasures, rookie patch auto of 99, and the other, Nate, describe this card for me right now. Well, you have two studs from the state of Kansas, Gail Sayers, Barry Sanders, and you have two wannabes in Bo Jackson, Emmett Smith, all thousand yard rushers, all on card, all in the same card. One of one quad auto. Incredible. It's a pretty special card. It's a PSA nine, I believe, um, which obviously kind of relevant for the one of one. But so is a Russell Wilson. It's a BGS nine. So these two cards are now around the same bid. Um, current bid, $1,975 for the Wilson, $1,925 for the quad auto. The running back's one of one. The last Russell Wilson was a BGS 9.5. Um, that sold for around $12,500 in February. There's recently a PSA Authentic that sold for closer to 4.8K, which is significantly lower, obviously, than BGS 9.5. This being a BGS 9, going to sell probably north of that PSA Authentic, but not touching a nine five for obvious reasons, not the same grade. Uh, but if you're looking at these two, Nate, um, talk to me about like why someone might buy either not saying like why you have to buy either, but just like what maybe people are bidding for when they're looking at these cards. Yeah, man, it always comes down to the same argument we have for every two cards we've ever debated, right? On one hand, you have Russell Wilson, who's still currently playing in the NFL on a new team with the Denver Broncos should be in line for a, uh, healthy dose of offensive talent around him, you know, Jerry, Judy, those guys. And uh, he gets away from Pete Carroll, who just wants to run the ball constantly. So I expect big things from him. And so if you're paying this for Russell Wilson, obviously you're paying for the upside of going to the Denver Broncos and hopefully contending for Super Bowls. And he said he wants to play for a decade too, longer. So That's I'm impressed. That would, that would put him at what? 43. I think for like Tom Brady age about. Yeah. yeah. So you have that now, obviously he's not Tom Brady. Yeah, so we'll see if that happens. But you're betting on the Broncos being a Super Bowl contender with Russell Wilson. On the other side of the spectrum, you have four Hall of Fame running backs, four all-time greats, four guys that almost any NFL fan would know of, all on the same card, on card. It's one of those things that you just can't get. You can get another Russell Wilson NTRPA at a 99. You can't get another one of one of all those four guys on the same card, likely. And so it depends on what you want. If you want something rare and might not go up in price a ton, but it's rare and very cool and you can set your own market, that's the one for you. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Like, obviously, every single card is bought for different reasons from different people, but I think both cards here, um, beautiful football cards, and that quad auto, I haven't really seen anything like that ever. You know, when I look at that thing, the first thing I think of is oh, another quad auto with all stickers on it, you know? But when I clicked on it and zoomed in, I'm like, no, sir. Um, if you look at that closer, like the Emmett Smith auto goes right over his name, and so does the Gale Sayers and Barry Sanders. It's quite incredible, honestly. Like it's such a nice card. Uh, I'm really excited to see what these do close at in Sunday on Sunday night's weekly auction number 20. Um, so please, we welcome you to join us on the FlipQuest episode number 20, where we buy and sell different cards uh, to see how we can do in the year 2022. It's been a fun time so far. We have made some moves, and we are also giving away slabs in each episode. So we hope to see you there Sunday night live stream. Right here on YouTube, we're watching Slab Stacks right now, 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time.